Did you miss me? I didn't get to put out a podcast yesterday. I'm gutted about it. I'm sorry you missed me. I'm sorry I didn't get it in. I had Greg down here yesterday, so we're talking about his career development and where we're going to go next as Lift the Bar, as playing partners in that. Um, such a good asset to Lift the Bar and very proud of his development. So a little bit of a big up for Greg there, but he was over here and I thought it'd be a good opportunity to do a Facebook Live and I thought I'd extract some of the audio and pass it on to you guys. So here is Greg Slater, my first ever guest on the Personal Trainer Daily, talking about his top three tips for writing engaging programs, something that trainers always are going to muddle over at times. And Greg has got such a brilliantly clear way of thinking about this that hopefully gives you a little bit of confidence in what you're doing or some food for thought in little changes you can make. So for any further ado, here is me and Greg talking about this very topic. Greg, what are your top three tips for writing engaging programs that add enough variety to ensure clients don't get bored with enough consistency to get results. So I do think this is obviously a, a major consideration. When we work with general population clients, it'd be great to have people to show up, do what we think is like physiologically best. Um, they perform the session they leave, but we know so much of what we need to do is psychological and we need that buy-in. So um I'm going to probably give you more than three, unfortunately. Here Maybe we go. That's a good or bad thing. It's probably going to be the longest episode of the day. <laughs> I'll try and be succinct as I can. I think the important thing to say is when I answer any of these questions, I'm offering a general answer. And we always have to consider who are we talking about? Is it somebody that's a power lifter that's about to go into a meet in three months time? They're probably going to get less variety than somebody that just turns up to our gym. So, you know, they just wants to be fit and healthy. So I think the thing to say is whenever we ask a question, we've always got to give the context of who are we talking about and what's their goal. But I'll try and give you some, some generalizations. Um, made a few little notes just to make sure that I don't go off piece too much and I can try and get across what I want to say. So, Lisa, I'm going to try and give you a little thought process as opposed to just saying, here's three things that you can think about. Let's try and build it out systematically so you can think about how much variety or stability you give. And for anyone watching, if you're not sure what we mean by variety and stability, when someone comes to us, we want enough um, of the same things being done with our sessions that we can get progressive overload. We want enough variety that is still fun and interesting for our clients. If we think of like the two broad ends of the spectrum, if we think of like pure stability, I think of something like starting strength, which is literally three sets of five reps of like overhead press, um, deadlift and squat. And that's every session pretty much infinitum until you kind of stall and then you change something. So that's a huge amount of stability. From a physiological standpoint, it might be good, but from a psychological standpoint, it's going to get quite monotonous for a lot of people. And the other end of the spectrum, this is where I do see a lot of personal trainers at times, and they just do that kind of random session. Every session is completely different. And, you know, CrossFit, not knocking CrossFit, but their tagline is constantly varied functional movements at high intensity. Now, there are huge benefits to that because it keeps it fun and interesting, but at the same time, how the heck do I or my clients know if they're getting any better at what I want them to get better at? So we need to try and find that balance. So enough stability to drive overload, enough variety to keep it fun and interesting. So I'm going to think of this from a session level and then from a weekly level and then potentially even a block level. And some of this stuff we actually covered on, on the PT course, Lisa, so hopefully this is ringing some bells. If it's not for people that haven't kind of gone through some of the stuff with me before, don't worry about that because we're going to have plenty of opportunities in the coming weeks and months to go through this stuff and live some of this stuff. So at a session level, I can, one of my easiest opportunities to provide some variety for my clients, it's my movement preparation, it's my complementary exercises. So if someone's doing a big heavy squat over here, instead of giving them three minutes rest, you know, I can give them a nice bit of variety with some kind of low level movement. 
plenty of chance for variety there, as well as in their finishers, their conditioning. So straight off the bat, you know, someone comes in, they can have a different finisher each day, they can have a different uh, movement prep each day, and you can change the um, complementary exercises whilst keeping the main lifts the same. Now, if we zoom out from there a little bit and think of the uh, differences from session to session uh, or across the course of a week, something that I like to manipulate is the time that we spend resistance training. So most personal trainers will write a session, a 60 minute personal training session, they'll write it and they'll try and shoehorn that volume into the training session. Whereas what we could say is for this first lift or this first paired set, I've got 12 minutes. So if I have 10 minutes for movement prep, 12 minutes for block one, 12 minutes for block two, and 15 minutes for block three or for my finish or whatever, whatever volume I get in there, I get. And so this gives me a resistance training to finish a ratio right because if i want to do more resistance training i give longer time for those blocks and have less time for conditioning at the end something really simple that you could do straight away is say well typically we do like five to ten minutes for our conditioning but maybe for a blocker training i give them up to 20 minutes for some conditioning stuff so let's say that first block's normally 12 minutes it comes down to 10 and maybe we do one less set for um the next two blocks again we cut, shave off a couple of minutes there and so it gives us more time for conditioning so over the course of a week, you might have your normal session with the normal kind of resistance to conditioning ratio. You might have more of a resistance training based or dominant session where you've almost got no time for a finisher at the end, which means more sets. And then you might have a session that is more uh, finisher or cardiovascular dominant, so less time in those resistance training blocks. So again, if someone's coming in three days a week, normal session, volume-based session, cardiovascular-based session. And then you could rotate those through. So let's say we've got session A, session B, session C. Session A in week one is the normal session. Session B in week two, uh, in week one, sorry, is the volume session. session. Session C in week one is the conditioning session. And then all you do in week two is you rotate them all around. So now B is the normal session. Uh, session C is the volume session. And session uh, A is the conditioning session. So that's going to feel pretty different to the client each time they're coming in just by manipulating your resistance training to cardiovascular does that make sense chris yeah it makes a lot of sense i really like doing time blocks in in my personal training sessions because now more than ever i need to make sure i've got time at the end of each session to, to tidy in hygiene and all that kind of stuff um but when it comes to mixing things I, I think a lot of trainers do also get a little bit bogged down with thinking about variety 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 the reason being is because of course we might deliver four five six sessions a day of your Tony Cottenden, 14 sessions a day. <laughs> Therefore, we see a lot of the same stuff a lot of the time on repeat, on repeat, on repeat. Don't forget, a client might only see this stuff or feel this stuff twice a week. So don't, uh, as a priority, I want to make sure that uh, from a hypertrophy standpoint, I'm trying to get like the, the key resistance work done that I know the, 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 the nuts and bolts of making them better are going to be. Then add in enough novelty in, but not too much. Because the reality is this person might have only seen this twice a week and I want them to always feel like, like you say, you want them to be, feel mentally stimulated enough to want to come back. But also that a lot of my clients, it's, it's weird, a lot of my clients love seeing the same stuff on repeat because it's structure, it's, it's mental stimulation to know what they're going to be doing within like a 10 degree variance. Like sometimes I might change up the warm up a little bit. Sometimes I might change the finishes a little bit. But over the course of a year, you want them to have seen and done kind of everything they needed to do and know they've got better at it all. 
So it's, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah, well, again, we think of like a lot of the uh, self-determination theory stuff, right? Competency is a huge part of that. And so if yeah. somebody's constantly coming into the gym and they're getting something completely random thrown at them, they're going to constantly feel like they're incompetent. Yeah, like yeah, you yeah. say, having that structure and going, it's slightly different, but I can see progress. And again, this goes back to who we talk about. Somebody who's more skilled, who's been doing this for a long time in terms of training, being a client, you can probably throw more variety at them and they're going to be able to handle it. Somebody that's a ranked novice, you're just going to make them feel like a fish out of water every time if you completely change things up. The worst thing I think a lot of trainers can do when it comes to personal training, especially the one-to-one stuff that is usually higher paid than groups and semi-private and that stuff, is actually making somebody feel tired on repeat, but there to be no consistency in their training so that they always feel like they're working hard, but never see any results as a result of it. (laughs) That's a really tough one. And it's a, a trap I fell into earlier in my career. Not so much now. Like I'm much more confident now in actually delivering out largely similar stuff on repeat over the course of a year, telling the client up front for the next 12 weeks, we're going to be working through these main things. And I'm just going to spice things up a little bit here, 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 and here. If you've got any complaints, let me know. Invariably like, nah, just get on with it, mate. And I think that's a huge point, right? One of the biggest surrogates, I think people use variety as a surrogate for progress. Yeah, exactly. Right? That. Yeah, yeah. Like if you're, if your clients are making really good progress, why would they, they want, they want to change what they want to do. They yeah. want to keep doing it, right? I'm getting better. Let's keep doing it. But if you're worried about getting progress with your clients, it's easy to give them too much variety because then you or they I never know if you're actually just spinning your wheels. Just variety is variety. Variety is not necessarily equate to higher value. 